So the theme of this day long is uh, giving thanks. And just uh, had the Thanksgiving weekend. And it's a little uh, bit of a dubious holiday, I think, Thanksgiving. Um, if one is uh, attuned to the, to the real act of giving thanks, it's, it's wonderful. I think historically it's a little dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, because it's, it's kind of based on a story that isn't about gratitude, but it's uh, about exploitation, sadly. And, uh, and we live now in the, the world that has been created by our actions and our intentions, each of us, uh, individually and collectively. So, uh, you know, even we're not Americans, you know, I feel like I'm part of this country now. I've been here for six years. Almost every cell in my body, not quite everything, is American now. So, um, so we're part of this, this culture and this land and this uh, karmic um, inheritance, which is, which is very mixed. It's got a lot of really great, uh, great inheritance and a lot of quite uh, dubious uh, inheritance, this the American culture. And I think uh, it's, I, I, when I first moved to America, I was very surprised to hear people say America is a capitalist country and because to me that was like such a weird thing to actually admit <laughs> it's like what are you kind of admit it you know because it was a, it's sort of embarrassing to say that and and um but it is a, a culture up until now you know, at the moment I don't think it always will be but it is a culture that is that is um based on capitalism and on individualism and on on uh, having and getting and becoming it's kind of based on those qualities, this culture. And in the process of that, sadly, there's, there's been some really kind of, t has been and, and continues to be some very terrible exploitations of people and of nature and of land and of the, the basic resources of life, actually, like clean water, clean air, unpolluted earth, friendship, brotherhood, sisterhood, all of those really kind of essential qualities have been compromised through uh, capitalism, sadly. And, uh, and yet, you know, we are human beings, so even though it's a capitalist culture and it's a, it's a corporate culture really now, it's become that, we are human beings and we are born of this earth and we breathe this air together with the trees and the deer and the turkeys. And uh, when we touch into our hearts, maybe some of what we find is the, the, the story of, I, I need more, I don't have enough, I'm not good enough, I, I need to have something. I need to have something to make me whole. I need to be something more to make me whole. That might be part of the story we, we hear when we look back at our own hearts. So we need, if we do find that, that's, you know, that's, that's what we've been taught. That's what we've been conditioned in. So don't stop there. Go a little deeper. And you might find underneath that there's maybe the feeling of, hmm, am I, am I all right? Do I really belong? Uh, is the way I am okay? You know, these, these kind of doubts, because maybe we don't quite fit into the, the cultural image of what a, what a person should be. 
And then if we keep looking and keep listening, then we find, I find anyway, as I keep looking and listening, I find my connection, my inherent interconnection with, with all living things. So uh, <laughs> it doesn't, it's not the immediate thing you find necessarily, but it, it, you know, because we're so bombarded with the message that of, of separate individual self and becoming and needing more and more. And the, the next thing is going to make you happy, really. Really, the next thing is really going to make you happy. And <laughs> this really is better than the last one. This is new, it's different, it's better. You know, we're, we're kind of bombarded with all of that. And I remember my sister, my older sister, pointed that out to me when I was a little kid once of like, have you noticed how that same brand keeps coming up with new, better, new, better? Kind of, how good can it get? You know, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that. You know. So, um, but it's important that we do think about it and, and we question those uh, messages that we get bombarded with through the media and that we look a little bit more deeply into our own hearts. And even just like right now, how does it feel to sit together in Spirit Rock, Community Hall? That's been a place of practice for many, many years. I feel like really good, I must say. I sit here and I just, I can feel the the energy of the people here, the, the sense of safety as much as one can have in, in a world, the sense of trust and, and openness and, uh, and maybe there's a certain depth from people's spiritual practice and that's really nourishing, that, that nourishes me much more than a, a new, I don't know, what have I got, new watch, <laughs> new watch, <laughs> you know. That nourishes me much more than anything I could get, you know, from a mall. So, uh, in this, in this process of giving thanks, you know, it's easy to we, we're conditioned to always be discontent and to want more and to to not be happy with what we have or who we are. And in the process of giving thanks, it's it's about turning back and looking. Well, what's here right now? So right now, I can say, I'm grateful for this Zafu that I'm sitting on. Because without this Zafu, I'd have a lot of pain in my hip and my knees. Grateful for the mat underneath, because it's making my sitting more comfortable. Grateful for these robes, for many reasons. Grateful for these robes. Grateful for this watch that my sister gave me for my birthday last year. Grateful for the microphone that I don't have to shout. Grateful for a quiet place, a place of safety, where there's no war going on right here at this moment. Grateful that there's a heating and cooling system in this room. So much. Grateful for having glasses, spectacles. I wouldn't see very much without them. So all of these things that we take for granted, grateful to have a cup of tea got a cup of tea here that's probably come from Japan or the leaves. Yeah, it's like come a long way so I can have this nice cup of tea. And all these things we take for granted, we just sort of have them and oh I like that, I want that, I want more of that, I didn't have enough of that, that wasn't the way I like it. And, and then we're living in this place of discontent and then we're missing the, the incredible fullness of this moment, which is every moment. And sometimes, you know, when we turn in towards what's happening here and now, we feel a sense of lack and a sense of 
You know, maybe we're hungry or we're thirsty or we're uncomfortable, or we're cold or lonely. And we want to turn away from that and, and fill it with something. But the, the Buddha really pointed to turning towards, you know, turn towards the dukkha, turn towards the unsatisfactoriness. Don't cover it up, don't fill it with something. Turn towards it and, and investigate, have a look. And sometimes, you know, we need to do something. Sometimes we need to change the conditions. We don't have to just be like really ascetic and enduring. And sometimes we just need to look a little bit more carefully and see, well, what's, what's the cause? Because sometimes the cause is nothing other than our own inattention, not attending clearly to what's going on. So uh, we're, you know, the Buddha speaks about uh, the addiction to, to sensuality. You know, we're all addicted until you're enlightened. Basically, we're all addicts, addicts to the sense world, and uh, and so we kind of have to assess. You know, what what's what do I need? What's extra? And extra is okay. You know, it's not it's all right to have extra, but then you have extra with gratitude, with a real appreciation, with with acknowledgement of where it comes from, what's behind. You know, what's behind this cup of tea that I have here? What's behind your iPhone? So you take in the whole picture. What's behind, if you're, you know, the meal that we eat, you know, where's it all come from? Who's, uh, who's worked? There was a little a f- bit of footage on uh, uh, social media that was showing people cutting celery people working in a celery field, really fast, cutting celery, boxing celery, and working really hard. And there's a little thing underneath saying, um, spare a a thought for these people who work 10 hours a day so that you can have your celery stuffing at Thanksgiving. Mm. And it was was like you actually felt grateful, you know. It wasn't like, oh, I'm bad, I shouldn't have celery stuffing. It's like, thank you, thank you that I know that that's that's part of this meal, you know, part of this situation. And I think... uh, the way, the way we've, um, the way we live, it, it's sort of divorced. We've, we live in a way that's divorced from the source. So we're divorced from the source of our food, and water, and also what happens to our waste to a large degree. And we're divorced from the source of our spiritual wholeness. Not because it's anywhere else. Not because it's not accessible. But because we forget to, to look because we get distracted by all of the, the colours and the shapes and the promises of the world. And we forget to look more deeply at the source of our spiritual fulfilment. So, uh, you know, the, it's very central of Four Noble Truths as a, as, a, um, as a means to transform the suffering that we experience into insight into insight and into living in a way that benefits ourselves and others. So the Buddha is encouraging us to look, you know, there is dukkha. Don't run away from it. Turn towards it. Understand it. There is a cause. The cause is is craving and attachment. So often the craving itself is, is like, you know, I don't want to feel the craving. I want to ease myself. I want to do something to relieve the craving. What about just being with the craving for a while. Be with the craving, watch, watch its energy, watch its f- the force of it. Watch that it, 
at some point changes. Sometimes we can just make a little shift and it changes. And then there is the cessation of dukkha. The cessation of dukkha is through letting go, letting go. So uh, letting go is a tricky one because we think letting go is getting rid of. Letting go is, is letting, <coughs> letting go. So sometimes I often use this image, you know, we think this is, this is grasping. I'm holding it really tight, I'm holding it, I'm holding it, and it's grasping. And maybe I'm grasping it and I'm like, I don't want this, what am I doing with this? I don't want it anymore, I want to let go of it, and then you let go, you throw it away. No, you don't have to do that. You might let go like that and just let it down. Or you might let go like that and let it be. It's not going away. But when we let go and something doesn't go away, it doesn't mean we haven't let go. It means it's not ready to drop yet, but we're not grasping it. So there's just awareness with the experience, there's awareness with the craving, there's awareness with the sense of lack, there's the awareness with the self-doubt, and we let go around it, we soften around it, we open around it, we have kindness towards it. So this is um, it's kind of the beginning of giving thanks <laughs> and, uh, and recognizing our interconnection with all things at every moment. Every, every breath we take has been breathed by probably every other living being. You know, every cell in our body, every molecule has been, <coughs> it's been stars, it's been rocks, it's been trees, it's been animals, it's been other people. It's all recycled. So we're interconnected. Our intentions and actions in the world affect others. It, we're all the time we're interconnected and it's through that interconnection that we can come to a place of giving thanks. And it's in the place of isolation that we're always wanting more, unsatisfied, lonely, afraid, distrustful, greedy, you know, that's from the, the grasping of a sense of separate self. It leads to all of that stuff. So, you know, it's an, it's a, it's an ongoing practice of, of turning and looking at what's going on. What's going on here? You know, sometimes we, we're really full, you know, we're, there's, it's great, but we actually f haven't stopped to look. <laughs> so we've, we've missed it, you know, and we, we've, we've kind of, going on to the next thing. So just stopping to take in, like right now. Warm clothes, <sighs> wonderful. A body that's healthy enough to be here, wonderful. Time, even if you've had to carve it out, time to be here and practice, wow, it's great. So taking in what's already here, really, really taking it in and filling ourselves with the gratitude of, of this. And gratitude doesn't mean that we don't uh, also recognize the need for change, the need for social justice and social action. I feel that's a very important part of the spiritual path. But it's, uh, it's not coming from a sense of 
of lack, but from a sense of strength, from a sense of following what's true, doing what's right. And often we're looking for that, that relief, you know, that, that kind of heaven. We're looking for heaven on earth. I think California is about as close as it gets. <laughs> or maybe Hawaii. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but there's a, there was a, a mystic that I used to listen to, the present day mystic, who had a, had a kind of powerful awakening experience after being poisoned. He was poisoned in a, in, a, in a bus, on a bus in Thailand many years ago and, and uh, had enough poison that should have killed him. And actually, the, he said it was enough to kill an elephant. But somehow he came round from that. And he, when he came round on his hospital bed, he was in this state of, of oneness. His mind was open. And uh, he had previously been a, a complete skeptic and, and he was a scientist and he didn't believe in anything spiritual, thought it was all rubbish. <coughs> And then after this experience, he, his mind was just in a state of oneness. <coughs> and he describes, you know, I woke up and there's the, there's the bed with its dirty sheets and there's a, the smell of the toilet coming through an open door on the side, this is in Thailand, and, and <coughs> an open door in the, on the side of the ward. And there's the, you know, his body lying there in the bed and there's this sense of absolute perfection. <coughs> absolute perfection it's, and it's perfect and it's beautiful and his mind is totally with all of it as, as perfection. And he would use the phrase, gratitude is heaven itself. <coughs> gratitude is heaven itself. Do you want some water? Would you like some water? You're okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. This is a limitation of the body. The calf thing, do things. It's all right. So, you know, even though we feel this sense of lack and boredom, boredom is, is part of that. Boredom is like, oh, I'm not really here, there's not enough going on. Oh. Actually, if we really attune to what is here, it's, it's, it's almost like overwhelmingly abundant in any moment. And the unfortunate thing is that we get hooked on what's wrong and what's missing and what's not enough. And, what should be different, and, and then we, and when we look from now with those spectacles, then we will always find what is wrong and what is not enough and what is disappointing, because there are you know the world isn't perfect according to our wishes. Um, but if we look from a place of you know from an open mind and an open heart then it's almost too much to take in. This is so abundant. So there's the old thing of the, you know, the glass. The heart, is the glass half full or half empty? And the half empty glass people defend their position. It's half empty, it's half empty. And the half full people say, no, but it's half full, it's half full, you know? 
And so arguments happen about whether the glass is half full or half empty. And really, you know, the fact that there's a glass there at all, wow, this life. If it has a drop in it, or two, great. It's, it's great. And even if we find our glass is full for a while, you know, once we take a few sips from it, it'll be half empty again. So what are we going to do? Complain that the glass is not full enough or appreciate the fact that there's a glass at all, there's a life, there's a possibility to practice, to awaken, to do good in the world, to benefit others, to do something greater than just for oneself. All of these things bring a sense of gratitude. So uh, funny, it's like gratitude is like a form of love. It's in the it's together with generosity, with kindness, with compassion, and the the constant sense of lack. That's a, a separate individual story. It, and when the, when we feel very separate, <laughs> that's uh, you know the the the. the the, the force of love or the expression of love or the energy of love is unifying. It, it brings people together. So when we're feeling very alone and separate and, and it's not enough and it should be better and I need more, what we really need to do is, is love more. Practice metta. Practice generosity. Practice gratitude. And then we'll find great fullness. And then that gives us a, a really strong basis on which to respond to what needs to be responded to in our lives and in the world. So I'd just like to offer that this morning. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com dot org slash donate